Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Paris and Alana, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. Welcome back, Kingdom Sexuality fans. We are so stoked to have you here. This episode has been created by you, FYI. This is another Q&A. So recently we have been divulging into the damaging lies that purity culture has um, really thrown on us over the decades. And we put up a question box this week asking... What are some other lies or damaging belief systems this has really been prevalent in in your life or others that you would like addressed? So here they are. I don't know how many there are, but um, I will tell you almost every single lie that we're addressing here, like so many people like said, okay, this lie, this lie, this lie. So it, there's not one person who just mentioned one thing. You're all on the same page, which mm-hmm. breaks my heart because we're like, wow, this has been a very damaging movement um, in a lot of ways. So yeah. here we go. We're going to talk lie, and then we're going to speak the truth over those things and address those in a timely fashion here. Okay, here's lie number one. Lost purity cannot be regained. AKA, when you lose your virginity, you are deemed as unworthy of a future godly relationship or marriage. Now, this is very sad because um, I have personally, and I'm sure, Alana, you have as well, walked alongside a lot of women that believe this, you know, and then mm-hmm. you see a lot of abusive relationships that come out of this deep-rooted belief. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Alana actually shared this amazing, amazing quote from Julie Slattery, and we're going to read this again. We shared it in our last episode. We shared it in our stories this week, and we're going to share this again. So listen to this. Our purity and righteousness ultimately have absolutely nothing to do with our sexual choices or struggles, but instead with our understanding in Christ Jesus. We can never accomplish a pure life apart from his continual work in us through the Holy Spirit. And it seems like, depending on the times, we tend to overemphasize one of his traits at the expense of other traits of God. So we embrace and teach a lopsided version of God is ultimately what it boils down to. The purity movement taught a God who gave us moral rules to follow, but underemphasized his redemptive nature. We're talking a lot about redemption today, FYI. <laughs> um, yes. In our current day, we teach about God's love and mercy, but tend to skip past his holiness and righteous judgment. So... The end story of this is no matter what your past sexual history is, losing your quote-unquote purity as the purity culture uh, defines it, that's null and void, okay? You can't lose your purity because I don't believe that purity is ultimately something that you can just be worthy of and then you lose it. And then all of a sudden you're worthy of it and you lose it. That's something you cultivate in your life through Christ Jesus, Um, So losing your virginity, yeah, that's a physical aspect. But when we bring in the spiritual part of it, you are worthy of redemption. You are worthy of a future godly relationship or a current godly relationship if you're in marriage and you're still believing this lie. Mm -hmm. Know that you're worthy because we have the redemptive grace of Christ Jesus in this and our sexuality doesn't determine that. Yeah. Yes. I feel like (laughs) that's such a good word, right? Like 
Yeah. Just losing. Yeah. To that, That's the part that I have a hard time with is the word like that the whole like pure or you're not pure. Right. Which we talked about yeah. in our last episode as well. It's like these poor people, men and women, are then left mm-hmm. struggling and feeling unworthy of anything good because they're like, well, I screwed up and now I just have to throw caution to the wind because, you know, I'm already used. So why not just sleep around or, you know, continue on this path that I'm on or just having that deep shame to struggle with daily. That's exactly what it is. It's it's shame and shame is not from the Lord. No. You know, that's an identity crisis. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Alana, how about you take lie number two? Let's do it. All right. So if you've had sex prior to marriage with someone else, the lie is once you're married, you're unworthy of your spouse. Which kind of piggybacks the last one. Yeah, that kind of actually ties in well, I guess. Yeah. So I guess the truth of this is we have to think about what God says about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said already, Paris, he is a redeemer and he doesn't hold us or see us as unworthy That's and right. doesn't judge us as that you know, when we come before him with the amazing mm-hmm. gift of asking for forgiveness, right? So if yes. you come before him and you're like, hey, you know, I screwed up. And you not only for, like ask for forgiveness, but you also repent of, of that, right? And you're say you're still maybe in a, like a dating relationship or you're engaged or something. And then you choose to not have sex anymore before marriage or whatever it is, but you are now a new creation. Yes. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that. So that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Amen. So, right? So powerful. It is. But then on top of that, you know, as, as powerful and alive and as, as active as God's word is, then it is on our shoulders to believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, we also take equal part in this. We can be deep-rooted in these fears or these identity crises, read the word of God, and still keep living with those past fears just mongering us. You need oh, to totally. believe what God's word is telling you. You need to pray that over yourself um, yeah. because that's huge in transforming that belief system. Yeah, exactly. And even I feel like the thing that comes to mind as well is if you're married to someone who maybe you are a virgin, but they were not before you got married, um, you know, to have that conversation with your spouse as well. And and if they've asked for forgiveness, then you also need to to accept that and, and believe that over them as well, that you know what, no, yeah, the old is gone, the new has come, mm-hmm. you know, just trusting that you're you're getting God's best if if that's something that they've brought to the cross and they are they've repented of and turned away from. Um, yeah, I think that also is a thing that really needs to to go deep in our in our minds and our hearts. Yes, absolutely. And I think another thing to ask ourselves um, is why do we believe that God holds us according to the standard of our mistakes? Yeah. Like how often do we actually sit back and think that way? Because that's ultimately what we're doing when we're believing something that is opposite of his truth over us and his redemptive nature, right? Right. It's like that's not his character. It's <laughs> to, not. To hold it over you and be like, that's well, now right. you're unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we will just assume that. Maybe we don't even cognitively, consciously think that, but we're assuming it, you know, because yeah. that's what we are believing. That's right. what we're Used believing. Used to the punishment, the punishment yeah. part of it, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That was amazing. Let's go into the third lie. Um, if your spouse looks at porn, it's because you aren't giving him enough. Now, we mm. just finished a pornography series that was phenomenal. We had some absolutely state-of-the-art professionals come in and talk on this at a godly level. So we highly encourage you to go to our pornography series if this is something you're battling with in your marriage um, because there is some absolutely amazing direction and truth in that series. Yeah. But the bottom line is the truth to that lie is that it's not true. <laughs> um, let's, let's just unpack this. So when engaging in sexual intimacy, okay, both spouses should always have enthusiastic consent Sex must be mutually beneficial. This must be an act of outpouring of love to one another and it must feel safe. So if there is pornography in the mix here, obviously neither spouse is going to be feeling that way. Um, And there's probably some massive deep-rooted belief systems there that are very toxic. And those things need to be addressed, right? Like this is a conversation that needs to be had. But the bottom line is, if the wife is being blamed on account of her husband's choice to watch porn, that is wrong. It yeah. is wrong. That's the bottom line. And it's it's so crazy that that's, that's I feel like, a really common thing to think. Um, yeah, that, that is. That if, if your spouse is, okay, well, what, what am I doing? Obviously, I'm not doing enough. Or, you know, what do I need to you know, do we need to have sex more? Do we need, do I, what do I need to be doing? And it's, it's so, it just really piles on, yeah, a lot of guilt and shame again, mm-hmm. where it's like you instantly feel like you're the one who needs to be doing so much more and, and filling yes. that space where really it's like, okay, there's, there's obviously some, some issues that need to be addressed, right? Yeah, there's definitely issues that need to be addressed. Absolutely. So the next lie is um, you forever carry shame and have no gift to give your husband on your wedding night if you've had sex before marriage, Mm. which I feel like we kind of already addressed earlier as well. Yeah. But, man, I feel like... totally. (laughs) What a lie to... Like, even if you're thinking about it and if you've, like we said have asked for forgiveness and have repented of, of what's been done in the past and have mm-hmm. talked to your husband about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like even him himself would be like, that's a lie. <laughs> like, yes. Right? I feel like your husband would be like, no, you definitely are a gift still and you yeah. still have so much to offer even though you yeah. feel like used goods and you feel the shame of, of your past. So I think, mm-hmm. like you had said earlier, Paris, just to be speaking over that, Second um, Corinthians five seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. To try absolutely. and to break that shame off of you, because I can see how it'd be so heavy, yeah, to go into marriage with that being the thought that you have. For sure, and I think another thing to note in this addressing uh, the root of shame here is I find oftentimes people will say this to make you feel better and it's, oh, but you're worthy. You're worthy of this. You're worthy. You're worthy. And well, I'm not saying that's not true, but it's hard for us to believe that when we're like, but we messed up, but we screwed up, but we fell short. So I want to challenge you instead to think, but Christ is worthy and I'm made new in him. Mm -hmm. Therefore I'm worthy. 
So it's very important that we get back to the the grassroots basics of that. Is like it's not about us. It's about Christ and what He's done for us. And it is so much. I don't want to simplify this because it's hard. It's so much easier to grasp your worth through Christ than it is to try and be like, oh, I am worthy. I am worthy and work through it on Mm -hmm. the fleshly level, on the physical sense, because it's not. It's a spiritual aspect. And it's Christ's worthiness that we are in parallel alignment with, right? Mm -hmm. That was a game changer for me. Like working through a lot of the lies Neil and I believe through our courtship and engagement and then into our marriage that we had to work through that the purity culture really, really threw at us. And that was something that I didn't realize for years until a couple of years ago. It was like, okay, but it's not about my worthiness, about who Christ has made me to be through him. It's, it's about the way he's paid for me to accept his redemptive nature, to see myself in his light. And that yeah. made it so much more doable for me. Yeah. And it's interesting how often, I I wonder if it, people maybe have a harder time with with the sexual side of it. Because if you think about other things, like a way you maybe sinned and you can feel shame. Um, but I feel like there's something different about it being like a sexual shame. Yeah. Versus, versus other things. I don't know. Right. So I, but yeah, to really get down to the nitty gritties of it and be like, like, like we said before, like it, it isn't in God's nature to, to then mm-hmm. take that away as a, oh well, you shouldn't have done that, so now, you have to carry this shame forever. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge lie. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So to segue from that into this, because they are. They're kind of closely related here, these two lies, is this one. You should only date one person. Otherwise, you're damaged goods and have less to offer um, or you're viewed as cheating on your future spouse. <laughs> so that one is actually pretty packed with a lot of a Yikes. lot of sad things, actually. Um, because this is a big topic here. You know, just I feel like – this is a whole discussion for another time, just talking about dating um, yeah. and, and what what godly relationship looks like prior to marriage, you know. We've touched on some of this in the past. There's definitely episodes on this stuff that you guys can go and see. But um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. Let's break some things down here. Within a healthy dating relationship with clear boundaries and intentions, there should be no reason to feel that this is damaging, you know, if you end up not marrying that person. Like, why would you carry on that shame of that? You don't right. You don't know the future, you know? Like, is this the person? Is it not? You're just intentionally getting to know them, you know? But it's important to have boundaries in place. I feel like when we don't have godly boundaries in place – that's what things can get so messy and we feel shameful for those things, which is not right, but yeah. that's a human response, right? Totally. Um, and then, you know, and in, in addition to that, I, I get that a lot of dating relationships don't put those boundaries up. I get that um, it's, it's very much serving the flesh first instead of God if we're being really honest here. And mm-hmm. that's when um, things can get really messy. But in addition to that, that's where forgiveness and repentance need to come into play, right? 
I feel like Second Corinthians five seventeen is a huge theme here today. <laughs> right? This is not the current you. That was the old you. You are now a new creation. If mm-hmm. you didn't align with what you wish you would have in the past in your dating relationships, you can bring that to the Lord and repent of that now. And that doesn't need to be draping off of you as this cape of shame anymore that doesn't Mm -hmm. need to exist you know you're just putting yourself through that own torment because you don't believe you're worthy of christ's forgiveness and of making you a new creation okay yeah you're not damaged goods that is the enemy saying that to you that's a huge lie that the enemy loves to use by the way um so if you are feeling any of those things it's huge to work on that Um, now, because if you don't work on it, it's just going to continually be this dormant lie that will just rear its head every time it's very convenient to bring you down. So work through that with either if you're married or your spouse. Um, if you're not married, definitely, um, somebody that is a good godly mentor in your life. Even if you are married, we encourage you to have a godly mentor or a Christian therapist or amazing pastor couple to work through with that on. then, of course, your own personal life and walk with Christ um, in addressing these things. Yeah. And something else that I was thinking about too, Paris, is our episode we did with Jody Nagel when yes. she was talking about soul ties and things like that. And yes. she was saying, you know, get rid of things that you that had no from past relationships. That's right. And, that's right. you know, things like that. So um, I feel like that's – if you didn't listen to that episode, um, go listen to that it. if this is something that you're that you're really struggling with because – um, there is so much freedom in breaking off those those soul ties with yeah. people that you maybe have gone too far with in the past, and now mm-hmm. you know you're in this new relationship, but this other person's coming to mind, or yes. you know there's there's stuff lingering that you're like wait 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 like but I've but I've prayed about this why is this still an issue okay well maybe there is something deeper going on here so yeah I'd really encourage you to listen to that episode where she she touches on that and. Um, because she was fantastic at explaining it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point because Jody nails that on the head. Yeah. For sure. Alrighty. So our next slide is, there is permanent shame and torment when you've crossed physical boundaries before marriage. Hmm. I believed that. I believed that so hardcore when I was dating and engaged to Neil. That, I think I, I did, but I didn't realize it. Yeah, I didn't realize that I believed I didn't realize that, I was holding. Yeah. Absolutely. The shame was and still then, there. Yeah. And then, you know, a few years into our marriage, I was like, wow, 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 wow. There is a lot of oppression going on here. What is this? And we had to really unpack a lot of things. And the root of it all was people or um, – culture and media and books I've read that have really put that message across that um, you are really cursed, (laughs) essentially. Um, If we're going to talk really bluntly, if you've crossed physical boundaries. Because there was not a lot of talk, but what Mm -hmm. happens when you do cross those physical boundaries? Everything was just like, don't do it. Don't do it because it's sin. And then what are you supposed to do when you do it? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's a great point. Yeah. And I yeah. just feel like that didn't set any of us up for success. Or no, for it just left us rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah. And then getting into marriage and, and realizing, oh, wait a second. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So, I mean, it's a huge place to just sit. 
on biblical truths with Christ and your spouse and unpack the pounds of shame you've had sitting on your shoulders um, in regards to this topic. And, and in addition to this, I'm going to say this because this is what was a huge healing um, moment for Neil and I was when we realized God's full intention for us in our marriage was to have freeing, glorious, healing, sacred intimacy together. And I really believed that. That's when things started to change for us. Um, mm. That was huge, huge, huge for us. So yeah. that's something I always, always am sure to speak over couples who are struggling through this because I find that that was a big, big pivotal moment for us. You know, like what does God say about sexuality? Do you know what he right. says about that? Do you believe that? Right. That's a place to so start. If you're, yeah. If you're sitting in this place and you're like, well, it's it's fine. Like it's, you know, we have sex. <laughs> that's, you know, normal. It's we have it, you know, every off, whatever. It's like, but actually thinking about, no, like, mm. is that what God's fully intended for you? Like, that's right. Is that God's best? And how, yeah. how can you get there if, if you're not in that, like, yeah, in that place? Hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's a good word. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. So on to the next one. We have two left, you guys. This one is here's a lie, your wedding night is ultimately screwed if each of you slept with different people prior to meeting each other or if you slept with each other prior to marriage. So I feel like I, I wanted to address this specifically because I know we've addressed this a little bit earlier through a little bit different scenarios, but right. the concept is remains the same here. Um, why do you believe this? You know, what mm-hmm. has culture or people spoken over you that you think you are so unworthy of an amazing wedding night together and I'm gonna say this it's ultimately your choice it's ultimately our choice if we're gonna have an amazing wedding night or if we're going to allow the voices of others to surround us in that night and and bring a lot of destruction despair over that night so make sure if you are not married yet and you're listening to this you and your um significant other really sit down and really visualize the vision of what you want and desire your wedding night to be what you believe God's intentions are for that and really start curating that praying over that you know and preparing for that because Mm -hmm. otherwise if you just let fate go to the wind um I'm telling you right now it's probably not going to be awesome (laughs) right yeah talking expectations and yes um, yeah yeah, no, it's really, really important. Absolutely. All right, and our final lie is that sex will be amazing for you if you do remain a virgin. This is probably actually shocking to some people listening to that because that is a very prevalent lie still. <gasps> yeah, it's so, yeah. The truth is, and I mean, this is definitely something that I think I believed. Me too. Without... Yeah, you just kind I of assume. That's no. <laughs> it's like why wouldn't it be? Um, but at the same time, like we've said, there's so many other things that can try to fill your sex life and your mm. your marriage with shame, and they try mm. to barge their way in there. But thinking about it, just in the way that you know, sex is this lifelong journey, and you just you you've got to practice. It's like anything else. <laughs> it's like you don't all of a sudden get married to the love of your life, and you guys are both fantastic at sex if you've never done it before like that just doesn't that doesn't happen for anything so why why would that happen with sex so um 
it's just like anything else in the way that as you do it together, as you learn what you like, what your spouse mm-hmm. likes, mm-hmm. what turns you on, what turns you off, what positions you like, you know, it just grows into something beautiful that you can build on together as a couple. That's right. And so, but believing that it'll just be amazing from the start, like I did, was a bit naive. <laughs> and it can be very um, damaging. Absolutely. Like, because then you feel like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with yes. us? Like, what are we doing yeah. wrong? Like, this was yeah. supposed to be perfect because we saved ourselves, quote unquote, saved ourselves. Um, going back to that whole purity movement. It's like, no, I love how you said that, Alana. Why would we expect everything to be just perfect in this? Because um, nothing else in life is that way. Like, yeah. you need to work towards it. You need to have an understanding you need to be practicing. You need to be educating. Like, it is intentional work together. Yeah, and especially if it's something, like, obviously very new. If you have both remained virgins, like, mm-hmm. you don't know your body in that way. You don't know your spouse's no, body right. in that way. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many unknowns, which is the exciting part of getting to explore that together. But will it be maybe goofy or awkward or uncomfortable at the beginning? Maybe. Maybe not. Like, maybe it will be amazing for you your first time, and you'll just go from there. But commonly, there's a bit of, you know, there's the growing pains of, yes. of a new sexual relationship. Like, right? right? You guys are learning each other in an entirely new, extremely personal way. But what, like, a fantastic way, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a lie. So many of these lies, it's like, you're not alone in believing, for sure. No, absolutely not. And, and the beauty of it is, you know, we're coming together to learn and to be able to take away these truths together and, and heal together. Because mm-hmm. all of us believe lies in one way, shape, or form around sexuality. And I'm just always so thankful that we have this community here where we can be growing forward together. It's huge. Yeah. So to close, I just wanted to read the first part of Julie's quote again. Because I mm-hmm. feel like it really just encompasses everything we've kind of gone through today with this... Um, this shame and you know feeling like you're not enough feeling unworthy um just that whole theme of Mm -hmm. these lies that so many of us have believed um and i feel like this just really punches that in the gut so i wanted to read it one more time so our purity and righteousness ultimately have nothing to do with our sexual choices or struggles but with our standing in christ jesus we can never accomplish a pure life apart from his continual work in us through the Holy Spirit. Hey friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions, and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram at Kingdom Sexuality. You'll find our Instagram handle below in the show notes, where you'll also see any other resource links we may have mentioned in today's episode. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. And we cannot wait to continue this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.